Let's turn in our Bibles tonight, Acts chapter 11, if you would. Acts and chapter number 11. Well, thank God for the music today, all day. It's been a real blessing, the, the extra work and um, of all the groups and choirs. Sure appreciate that. Acts chapter 11. It's our desire that Southwest Baptist Church would be a church for His name. That's our series here through the book of Acts, a church for His name. And we are reading of this first independent fundamental Bible-believing Baptist church in Jerusalem. And as it began to spread out all over the place, and it was not without difficulty. It was uh, sometimes confusing and sometimes challenging. And sometimes there was uh, misunderstandings and and even contention in the church. In the church, there was contention. But um, thank God for the way that they worked through that and watched God do some amazing things. Acts chapter 11, verse 1. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest in to the men to men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them. Can you hear the the uh, disapproval in their voice? You did what? We might say in our day and time. But verse four, look how Peter handles this. This is wonderful. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning, and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa. Praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel, a certain vessel descend, as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. Upon the which, when I had fastened my eyes, I considered, and I saw four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter. Slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. And it was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was, and sent, sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? It's good. When they heard these things, they held their peace 
and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. That's great. They came to the right conclusion. Well, if that God's done the work. Peter, you've convinced us God's done the work. Silence them. Except for this, they came to the place of just rejoicing. Rejoicing that, that some had been saved. The cause for celebration in every nation. Cause for celebration in every nation. May God bless the reading of his word as you're seated. We'll get right into the message here tonight. <clears throat> As you serve the Lord, you may encounter some who are critical of God's work. As you serve the Lord, you may encounter some who are critical of God's work. One individual said, said this, everything that is moving forward encounters resistance. Everything that is moving forward encounters resistance. So, if you're encountering resistance, it may be an indication that you're moving forward. That's a good thing. Uh, one, another individual said this, the Christian world is looking, uh, talking about the Christian world at large, that doesn't like for the, any change in, in the boat to be rocked, so to speak. But the Christian world is looking for leaders who are brilliantly mediocre. Brilliantly mediocre. But you know, God's not into mediocrity. God, God is into, into changing and working in lives. Yeah. Another quote here as we get started, a couple others. For every action, there's an equal and opposite criticism. For every action, there is an equal and opposite criticism. Have you been criticized? You do something and you receive some criticism for it. Uh, One more quote. You ready? Someone said this, treat praise and criticism the same way you do chewing gum. Chew Chew on it a little while, but don't swallow it. You might chew on it a while, but don't swallow it. You know, growing churches face criticism. Growing churches face criticism. Somebody might say they must be compromising if they're growing. Must be letting down their standards if they're growing. Well, you don't have to let your standards down to grow. You just have to preach the word and see people saved. And, but people can be critical. I have to confess, the first time I drove to, uh, to Central Baptist Church in Ponca City, some are maybe from that church, and of course Brother Waterloo is going to preach here Wednesday night. He'd invited me to come up and preach, and I never had been to the church and so I was looking for it. We, we crested the hill, kind of on the, it's on the north side of town now. They had relocated and, and uh, built a new building. And so I crested the hill there and coming into it. And I saw this really nice and large and, and a really good looking building. And I thought, well, that couldn't be it. But it was it. Yep, it was it. God's blessed the ministry there. Yep, it's a blessing. And then I got envious. I'm just kidding. Not really. But, you know, we can get critical. We can think, ah, oh, God couldn't bless their Ponca City. Ponca what? See, we can be critical. Uh, people can be critical of a ministry even within a church. Or critical of a Christian school. Or critical of a Bible college. Or critical of somebody leading somebody else to Christ. Isn't it amazing? Just as soon as somebody says, you know, I got to lead somebody to Christ. Well, you're just boasting. Just putting another notch on the gospel. No, 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 let's just rejoice that people get saved. If you're going to do anything for God, you better be ready to face a certain amount of criticism. A certain amount of criticism. 
I read a quote. I didn't, I didn't include it in the, uh, in the message tonight, but from Abraham Lincoln. Basically, the gist of it said this. If I tried to answer, he said, if I tried to answer all the criticism that was coming my way and serving as president, we'd have to just close down. And that's all I could do is just answer criticism. You know, and so he's saying, I don't have time to do that. I'm just going to try to do what I believe to be right, do it well, and let history tell the records. Yep. I'm glad he handled it that way. But if you're going to do something for God, then be ready because you're probably going to face some type of criticism. Now, I will say this. Primarily what you're going to face, especially in a church like Southwest Baptist Church and, and other churches as well, but by and large what you're going to face as you try to do God's will and just simply obey God, you're going to find tons and tons of support. Don't you find that here? I've been, I've been meditating all day long on blessed is a man that dwelleth in the, in the house of the Lord, the verses that we had this morning. And, and I just asked the Family Foundations class, what's some of the benefits, what's some of the blessings of being in church? And individuals mention, you know, how that there's encouragement in the church and going through tough times you have encouragement. Listen, this is an incredible uh, place to be in terms of just getting help and encouragement and, and being around like-minded people and just... The encouragement that comes from simply being in church, it's, it's wonderful. But even here, you may face some criticism from time to time from someone. and uh, Or you start to do God's will or what you believe to be the will of God. Others might call it into question or call your actions into question. Think of this. Simple obedience may bring you under the scrutiny of others. Simple obedience. Here's Peter. He was simply obeying what God said to do, and yet he came under the scrutiny of others there even within the church. Some of you have family members who cannot understand why you spend so much time at church. They might be critical of you and say, you know, you're really wasting your Sunday nights. You're really wasting your time being at church. A lot of people can be critical of your faithfulness or critical that you spend so much time in that ministry. There's families who have moved here. I mean, just recently I spoke uh, with Brother Matt and Rachel uh, Downs. Sorry. Stone. Stone. Okay, close. Stone. <laughs> right. Sorry about that. Got the first names right, though, right? Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, but just moved here this past week from Texas and uh, coming to Heartland Baptist Bible College and other families. There's, there's quite a few who have just, within the last couple of weeks, have moved here, uprooted their family, left jobs, uh, moved to Oklahoma. That was a good move. I'd say that that's a good move, but, um, you know, they've left homes, they've left families, they've left jobs. People may not understand. Now I would say the vast majority are going to come here very well encouraged and very well supported. There's going to be times, you know, families that are here that don't have that type of support back home. And people would say to them, you left a job making what to go here, making what, you know, and they, and they may not understand that. Some uh, family decides to go to the mission field, as the Prangers have. Of course, the uh, Prangers' family is in the, on the mission field of Russia, so are in, and now uh, not uh, Hungary. Yep, good, okay. In Hungary, man, brain's not firing here for just a moment. I'm going to be okay. Just hang in there. But in um, any case, you know, so there's support there. But, you know, a lot of times as a, as a family goes to the mission field, they don't have that kind of support. And, and, they, and families don't understand, why are you going to take, especially our grandkids, there? Why can, can you just leave them and you go? But, you know, they just don't understand. It may face some criticism there. Some might not understand why you invest in people's lives. 
Some might look at what you're trying to do in a brother or sister's life maybe or an individual's life who has made some wrong choices and say, you know, I don't know why you're wasting your time there. They're just going to disappoint you again. You might face some criticism there. Peter certainly faced criticism, didn't he, as he he was involved in the life of Cornelius and this Gentile and other Gentiles that were there. It was not the first time and it would not be the last time that God's work met criticism. They had a hard time believing that Gentiles could be saved without becoming Jews. They had a hard time understanding why Peter would sit down and eat and possibly become contaminated by contact with Gentiles, be defiled. With contact with Gentiles. Now, you know, we need to understand and realize that everyone that was in the church at that time in Jerusalem, they were Jews. And they had, they had observed circumcision. They had observed the holy days and Sabbath and many things we discussed this morning by way of the law. But there was a certain element evidently within the church that was having a real hard time with this. Well, you know, it's easy for us now, looking back on their situation then... And say, well, what's the big deal? Why do you, can you get this? Gentiles are great. <laughs> right? Since we are. One. Right? It's a wonderful thing. Why, why did they struggle with that? Well, remember, we have Romans and we have Galatians and we have all these books of the New Testament that, were, that are helping us understand that it's not by keeping the law. But many of them grew up and remember in Jerusalem, many priests even were saved. And so now we have Jew, uh, Jewish individuals who, not, who were not only Jewish, of course, by their heritage and their culture, but also their very faith and everything they had lived for. And to suddenly shift to the place where it's no longer my, my works, which, by the way, salvation has always been by grace through faith. But, but many of them had the mentality, I'm doing this in order to earn God's favor. But suddenly now I'm free in Christ. That was a very tough concept for them to grasp. Especially, especially on top of that, that now they could have actual contact with Gentiles? You mean we could actually sit down and eat at the same table with them? It's hard for us to understand how that is, how that would be. But that's certainly what they were dealing with. And even Peter had a hard time with it at first. Remember, as, as God said, arise and eat, he said, no way. I mean, basically, that's what he's saying. Absolutely not. I've never put anything like that in my mouth before. No way. He was saying no way to what God's will was for his life. Aren't you thankful that even though, even though uh, you may resist God's will, that God doesn't leave you alone about it? He spoke to Peter three different times and helped him to see that, that this was indeed his will. And he was, he was showing him something that he was going to need later on. I'm so thankful that God doesn't give up on us and helping us to take steps towards his will. And, and I know in my own life, and maybe you could, you could give testimony to this as well, that when I knew what God wanted me to do at first, I said, absolutely not. I don't want to do that. But I'm so glad God just keeps after you. To move you to the place of God's will. And so that's where they were. And I, I love Peter's response. He had a right spirit. You know, he didn't get, he didn't get to crossways with them. He didn't argue with them. I believe he had compassion and tried to be understanding because he too had the same struggles. You know, maybe as you deal with people who are critical, maybe that would be helpful. You know, to try to be understanding. Understanding where they are coming from. Compassionate. And then all he does is he simply does this. He sets forth the facts. He just simply retells what happened. And along the way of doing that, he is stressing, and you maybe could pick that up from just a simple uh, reading. He is stressing God was in this. 
God led this. The Spirit told me to do this. The vision came from heaven. And in fact, it came from heaven three times. Because I'm a hard-headed preacher. It took me a while to get it, but God just kept working. And God was showing me this, and God was showing me that. And so when he was faced with criticism, here's what he did. He just showed people what God did in his life and told them. And so uh, God gave Peter a new perspective on world evangelism. He really did. He brought him to a high point. He literally was at a high point. You know, as you remember the story there is he was on the, uh, on the rooftop and he was praying and he got a whole new perspective. You know, a lot of times when you go to a high point, you get a whole new perspective of something. You know, whether it's uh, you've been up uh, maybe here on the third floor. I love to be up on the third floor and just look out north, especially towards downtown area. And you get that perspective of downtown. And, and uh, you know, sometimes just being at, at a different advantage there, you can see things. Or being in the arch in St. Louis and, and uh, had occasion to go in the uh, tallest building in Mexico City. And that city just stretches on and on and on and on and and but being at that high point helps you to see a long ways even going up to the top of mount scott's incredible here in oklahoma and being able to see so far and such it's a, it's amazing just that perspective well god took peter literally to a high point on the rooftop but not to help him to have a better view of the city but to have him help him have a better view of the world yep. god taught peter this a person's ethnic background is not their issue. A person's ethnic background is not their issue. Ethnic backgrounds only introduce you to different cultures. That's all. Yep, that's all they introduce you to. I will never forget the very first time I went to a Chinese restaurant. Um, I was probably a teenager. Now I go quite often, you know, but just growing up there in Kentucky, I'd never been to a Chinese restaurant, but my, my sister, my older sister married a man who was part Chinese, part Vietnamese from Vietnam, but part Chinese. And so for their wedding rehearsal, they took this redneck family from Kentucky, <laughs> set us down in a Chinese restaurant with about 30 or 40 other Vietnamese, Chinese people. Can you imagine the cross-cultural communication <laughs> that was going on there? Yep. But you know what I found out now that my sister and Tuan have been married for, I don't know how many years, a long time now. We've been over to their house and make some of the best egg rolls in the world. Okay, that's one thing I found out. But the other thing I found out is this. Whether from Vietnam or from China, wherever it is, people are really just people. And they have a sin nature. And people from Kentucky have a sin nature. People from Oklahoma have a sin nature. That's really our main issue. Culture may just simply allow for that sin nature to have unique levels of expression within that culture. And thus certain cultures maybe are given more to certain sins than what another culture might be. Some, some cultures maybe are given to alcohol and given to gambling and given, you know, I mean, we could stereotype and, and make a lot of references here. But really, when you boil it all down, here's, here's the bottom line. People are people and they try to make life work their own way. And people within a culture have man-made ways of dealing with things, whether it's religious practices or substance abuse or even education or a focus on careers or whatever it may be. They're just simply trying to deal with life the best way they know how. God helped 
Peter to see their real issue. Their real issue was this. They needed Christ. And until they received Christ, they would continue to have these life issues that would not go away. So culture wasn't the issue. Culture just makes us different, but culture doesn't determine what our problems are. You ever have computer problems? You ever have computer issues that just seem not to go away? Uh, You know, maybe it's that screen that just keeps coming up. You know, uh, what is it, Solution Center or, or something like that just keeps popping up and you can keep clicking out of it, you know, and, and ignoring the problem. I have a Bible Works, what I, what's called Bible Works program, and I loaded it up on a new computer that we have here at the office, and, and, um, and it kept wanting to run in the trial mode. And I thought, well, my soul, I've, I've already done all this. And so, but anyways, it was just easier. It's just easier to keep running in the trial mode. Running, okay, I'm going to do that because it wasn't working easy to click. You know, you click on the part where you can you get it all set up online, and it and it wasn't doing that, and then you had to do it manually. It's a whole big explanation, and I'm not very savvy on all that. And so, anyways, I just kept running in the trial mode until the trial mode ran out. So then I had to deal with the issue, you know. But it is, isn't that so much like our lives? We just, we've got issues in life that are, rela- listen, that are related to our operating system, that are, op- that are related to our sin nature. And you know what it's easy to do? Just keep putting it off. I know I need to deal with that. I just put it off. Put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. But eventually there comes a time when you can't put it off any longer. And God is good to... Give us that place of repentance. You know, we continue to see in our society many of the same problems over and over, don't we? You turn the news on tonight, it's going to feel like you watched the news again from last night, but it's all new news except it's just different people. Violence, problems with gangs, sexual sin, drug and alcohol abuse, over and over and over. We're continuing to see the same problems in our society. You know what it's saying? It's like the screen is popping up and saying, there needs to be a solution here. There needs to be a solution here. There needs to be a solution here. And it's not in your environment. It's not in the culture. And it's not anywhere else. It's only in Christ. And until a person receives Jesus Christ, those issues don't even have a chance to go away. So to get perspective, God had to teach Peter a lesson. Peter came back and told the others there in Jerusalem what a wonderful thing God did in saving souls, much like we heard tonight as Brother Rick McQueen told us about a soul saved in Bethel Acres. And, and so there was a cause for rejoicing, a cause for, for uh, support. And, and I think that's exactly what verse 1 is, is communicating. These people, they rejoice with them. But there were those of the circumcision. This would be those who were very devout, those who were very sensitive to Jewish practices that, that maintained those Jewish practices. Even after they were saved, they struggled with many of these things. And they, the Bible says they contended with them. The word contended means this. They disputed or argued or they took issue. He took, they took issue with Peter. And they had a problem that, that evidently they had a problem even that the Gentiles were saved and received the Spirit just as they had. But I believe the big issue they had was the fact that Peter sat down and ate with them, even as a Jew. They couldn't understand that. So, as we've already mentioned, Peter just explained to them what God did. 
and how that God, what lesson God taught him. And what God said to do in order in going to the house. And how that God told him what to say. And while he was yet preaching, that the Spirit of God took over. And these individuals were saved. And to give evidence of their salvation, that it was just like it happened to us then at Pentecost. Then these individuals spoke in known languages just like we did back in Acts chapter 2, Peter was saying. So God was showing them and giving them a sign. Remember, the Jews require a sign. And so God was showing them that, look, just as you are saved individuals, so are these Gentile saved individuals. And just as uh, Jesus said, and Peter made this connection, you know, I remember Jesus saying that John the Baptist would baptize with water, that he did, but that when Jesus came, that he would baptize with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit would baptize. And that's what he said there in, in verse number 16. John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And that means that the Holy Spirit of God, upon your repentance and faith in Christ, would place you in Christ. Amen. Forever in Christ. Yep. And as a result of that, Peter said, you know, as much as God gave them the light gift, the same exact gift that he gave us, Peter said this, what was I? Who is I that I should stand in God's way? Who is I that I should hinder God's work? God's work. So when they heard and had evidence that it was God's work, their criticism and their contention turned from contention to celebration. And they praised and they glorified God and I love how they said it. Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Amen. They can be saved. So we see here in this, in this account in Acts chapter 11 that the cause for a celebration in every nation is when a lost person comes to Christ. That's cause for celebration. When a lost person comes to Christ. What's your perspective on the world? You know, we have, as Peter said, we have words whereby they may be saved. Whereby they may be saved. What we need to do is pray that God would use us in the same way in reaching others, even others that are quite different than we are. In fact, you may not understand, you may not feel comfortable with every culture. You know, we're diverse in the way that we're made, but equal in who we are in Christ. Neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, it doesn't erase all those distinctions. But what it shows us is, is that there's one Lord over all, and if there's one Lord over all, then all can be saved, and all need to be saved through hearing the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And missions exist because people don't know Christ and need to praise Him for who He is. We're not sending missionaries from Southwest Baptist Church to Russia or to Sri Lanka or to other parts of the world, Ethiopia. We're not sending the Switzers to South Africa to make good Americans out of the people that live there. We're not sending them to, to, to teach the ways of Westerners. They don't listen. Here's where it hits us. Just as the Jews had to understand that Gentiles do not have to become Jews in order to be good Christians, the world doesn't have to become good Americans to become Christians. 
They can be good Chinese and Japanese and, and Sri Lankan and so forth and be good Christians within their own culture. Now, there is a real struggle there because so much of their culture is intertwined with their religious practices that you have to be very careful. But what we need to encourage is just for them to be fully Christian and yet fully whatever they are. Yep. So we're not sending Brother uh, Switzer to go in to teach the people of South Africa to stop playing cricket and start playing baseball. <laughs> now, that might help things, but that's not the purpose. No, you can be a good cricket player and be a good Christian all at the same time, I believe. It's just different cultures. Same Christ, same spiritual need, and thus the same solution. And when Christ is applied in that solution, even though there's great difference, now we have fellowship. In fact, it's not just, listen, it's not just that they now, the Gentiles and Jews, could fellowship together, but now it's this, not just that they could, but that they needed to. Because now they share Christ, now they need to. Listen, it's in, in Southwest Baptist Church, it's not just that now, now Asian and Caucasian and black and Hispanic, that we can fellowship together, but it's this, we need to. We need to because we share Jesus Christ. And people from different states can come together. And not just that we can fellowship together from Texas and from Oklahoma, and we give that a hard time, and other places. Not just that we can, but we must. We need to because we share Christ. And that needs to be the very center of our church is, is that we share Christ. Not that we shame, share the same sports teams, though we might, but it's not our sports teams that unite us. That's for sure here at Southwest Baptist Church. But it's the Lord Jesus Christ that unites us. And that ought to be the very center and the very topic of our, con- our conversations and, and the very focus of our lives. And thus there's going to be a lot of differences in uh, uh, backgrounds and lives right here in this congregation. In this congregation, there are older individuals and younger individuals, and they're different. And that's okay. It's a wonderful thing. I just uh, love the interaction between the young people and those that are not. (laughs) It's a great thing. It's so good. It's so needful. Look, Look around. Look what God did. Look what God did when you think about how that the younger people, they need the older generation for the sake of examples and for the sake of admonition and so many reasons. I was so blessed to be able to go and just sit down and have lunch this past week with Brother Ernie Campbell and just talk about life and what he's been through and what God's doing in his life right now. I'm telling you, help my soul. Help my soul. I challenged the uh, Family Foundations class this morning to, because we we're talking about church and, and church life, and, and to get with some of the uh, members who have been at Southwest here for a, long, for a long time, with some of the older couples. Hey, a younger couple needs to be around an older couple. And the older couple, I believe, will benefit from the youth and energy and zeal of the younger couple. It goes both ways. Our church is about to be overtaken on Wednesday night by young people. They're coming from all kinds of places here in the United States. And they're young and they've got a lot of energy. 
This is going to be a different service on Wednesday night. And Thursday morning and Thursday night and Friday morning. I'm telling you, it's going to be different. Why? Because young people are different, but that's good. And the same things really that they're going through are the same things we're going through. And thus the same solution works for both. Need to care for the youth culture as well as the elderly culture. And then the foreign cultures that are right here in Oklahoma City. Close to 250,000 people right here. Hispanic. You know, there's differences in Hispanic culture and, and uh, white culture and black culture. There's differences. Yeah. And I like it. Because I like Hispanic food, Mexican food. Man, that's good stuff. But you know, really, as I look at it, what a Hispanic family is going through it's really the same thing that the Gaddis family's going through. And the same solution works for both. They need Christ. And I'm so glad that we have occasion to hand out a track. Even if you can't speak Spanish, you can hand a track out to somebody. and Welcome them into Southwest Baptist Church or welcome them to attend the Iglesia Baptista del Cavario just down the street here. It's a wonderful one. Listen, we have an incredible opportunity right here in this metro area. It's like the mission field has come to us. Those of the Asian culture. Just uh, today we went for Chinese and uh, learning names at the restaurant where we were. I and uh, R and Azuk, these names. These are people that need Christ. A growing presence of Arab individuals within our area, Muslim background. You know, if any area of life where we might be a little bit You with me? But the same need they have is what you have. And so whether in the Middle East or right here in the Oklahoma City, they need Christ. And people that will share Christ with them. And thank God we have some that have come and are coming to our services and have enjoyed them and, and we're making friends with them. And listen... To win these people to Christ, it may take a long time for them to trust us. The focus even of the Global Independent Baptist Fellowship meeting, by faith, as we look out on the world, centers on this very thing. That it does not matter the culture, the need is Christ. And people may become critical in the process as we reach people for Christ or our focus or our effort and the zeal. They may not want us there. They may get kicked out of a few apartments. You may get moved on a few places or may be told to be quiet at work and all these things. I'm telling you, we're going to face that. 
But people need Christ. But Sammy Rogers, maybe you read in the uh, most recent Missions Voice. We read it on uh, Thursday night to the family. And um, he shared how that there in Brazil, a certain missionary, I'm forgetting his name right now, but has contacted the government agency to ask if they might have contact with one of the Indian groups that are still there that are very, very remote and that are protected by the government that people can't have contact with them. But Brother Sammy shared how that they were granted access to be able to go and made the journey in to them. And I forget how long it took and just very, very remote to get to them. And how that when they came, the people were clapping upon their arrival and was able to share Christ with them. It's wonderful. Those folks need Christ. Folks over in Bethel Acres need Christ and more need Christ. Right here in our own neighborhood, people in need of Christ. And we have the privilege, we have the words of life whereby they may be saved. Father, we thank you tonight. for guiding us and leading us. We know that at times, simple obedience to you may bring us into times of criticism from a lot of angles. Certainly Peter faced it. But I love how he just handled it by simply telling what you did and how you led. And so, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would stir us up to have a heart for people Lord, help us to be people of prayer, just as Peter was praying when he received the direction to go to Cornelius. A little later, we're going to read how that the church was praying, and you called some out of the church to go, as you did Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto you've called them. And so, God, I pray that you'd work in Southwest Baptist Church as we would pray and as we would work, and as you um, work your plan by working your people, I pray that you might call some to take the gospel even to foreign lands that have little to no access to the gospel pray that you'd help us to care about the people just on our neighborhood and our streets and that we meet at restaurants and just to get to know their names and care about them and to welcome them here at church thank you for those that have been saved recently and baptized different cultural backgrounds but the same need of christ We thank you for that and pray that you'd bless this invitation now in Jesus' name. Amen.